Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome everybody to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope you are well. I got to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm excited. Not because I had three pints of ice cream on three consecutive days, a new Brody record here in the household. No, no, though that is exciting enough. I'm excited because the presidential elections are, my goodness, just uh, weeks away, a few months away, and it's getting me all kind of geeked out and all excited uh, because uh, there's nothing quite like a presidential election. You can kind of taste it. It's in the air, like sewage water. Uh, It is there, uh, and it really kind of smells to high heaven. But anyhow, Uh, I'm looking forward to it. The Democratic National Convention kind of got me in the mood. Republican National Convention going to get me more in the mood this week. And we're going to discuss all of that uh, today on the Pod's Honest Truth. But before that, uh, we will talk with Dr. Deborah Burks. You know her. Uh, She's the coordinator of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Uh, She's got a lot on her plate. And, you know, I have to tell you, when I spoke to her at the White House the other day, she reminds me of my grandmother in a very positive way, by the way. I mean, I love my grandmother uh, and she was great. Uh, And she was a a hoot, actually. You think, you know, she's a scientist and so she's going to be kind of, you know, like calculator in the pocket situation. No, not at all. She was kind of like like an extrovert hoot if you will. So uh, we'll get into that interview today with Dr. Burks. Uh, She's going to talk about, is it safe to vote at the polls in 2020? Talking about the latest on vaccines. Also, can churches worship indoors? What's the deal with that? And then the death threats that she has received through this COVID-19 crisis. But I got to tell you, once again, back to the elections, and we're going to do that later in the podcast. uh, But you've got two Americas out there. You've got, uh, look, you got the riots going on in Portland and Seattle. And the last time I checked, hmm, yeah, not a word from the Democrats about any of the chaos and rioting in Portland and Seattle. Nothing from the Democratic National Convention on that. This week, Republicans, law and order, you can be sure you're going to hear all about it. And so that is the two Americas that I'm talking about. Don't forget, justthenews.com. That's where you can find us. Go to Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, your local deli. I don't know. Anywhere you can download your local, your local, your podcast, download this podcast. I don't think you're going to be able to download it at a local deli. Uh, But Cheryl Atkinson podcast also on the justthenews.com network. And John Solomon Reports is, is there as well. And Scott Rasmussen, number of the day. Boy, we've got a, and I'm going to say this, and this is a tongue twister, We've got a plethora of podcasts. Say that five times fast. While you do that, we'll take a break. Back with Dr. Deborah Burks next on The Pod's Honest Truth. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 
And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for our interview with Dr. Deborah Burks. She is the coordinator for the White House Coronavirus Task Force. You see her up there. As a matter of fact, she's not on Twitter, but here's what's on Twitter. One of her one of the Twitter handles is Deborah Burks Scarves. Uh, because apparently she's gotten famous for that in the last few months uh, due, due to all of the uh, coronavirus task force uh, briefings that we see her at. Anyhow, that's just a quick little aside. Here's another little aside, but actually very interesting. Something I found out during the interview is that she actually, uh, when she goes and visits different states around the country, she doesn't fly. She drives everywhere. She has an assistant who drives her. So she gets a lot of work done in the back. She says she doesn't get car sick, so that's good. So it's kind of like a driving Miss Burks. I mean, it's like a sequel, like Morgan Freeman and Deborah Burks in a car driving Miss Burks. Uh, and I, I told her, I said, look, we got to get out and do a story about that. And so she said, come along. And so, okay, bring a mask, come along. So that's what we did. Uh, all right, uh, here's our interview with Dr. Deborah Burks. Uh, lots to sift through here. She talks about the latest on the vaccines. That's where we begin. Uh, but beyond that, she's talking about voting in November. Is it safe? What about going to church indoors? Is that safe? And the death threats that she receives on a pretty much kind of in a way a daily basis. Here's Dr. Deborah Burks. I just came from our vaccine meeting that we have weekly chaired by the secretary, uh, secretary of, of HHS. And really, we're hearing the vaccine trials. Two of them are enrolling, and the enrollment is going well. This is the last, the last phase of that evaluation. Vaccines are being manufactured, and that's going well. And the third step is, does it work? And we're hoping to get that information throughout this same quarter that I'm talking about in the fall quarter and then being able to immunize individuals because we know that we'll have vaccine if it's shown to be efficacious. And then every American has to, that's at risk, needs to come forward and get vaccinated. And so that's the fourth step of it. I'm assuming you would want, what, everyone vaccinated or, or who should get vaccinated? Well, first and foremost, the individuals at highest risk and highest exposure. But we have a group, an independent group right now making recommendations of who should be vaccinated first, who should be vaccinated second, who should be vaccinated third. I mean, certainly we would want to vaccinate those that we know are at the highest risk. Some folks would be concerned about the, the, the federal government. This is a, a government question about whether or not vaccines should be mandatory for all Americans. In other words, you know, you can't go to a grocery store or sporting event or wherever, get on a plane without having the vaccine. Well, that's an interesting suggestion and I'm gonna take that back. <laughs> Thank you for making it. When I said the planes and things like that, is that, I mean, I don't know if you were being tongue in cheek or, or, or not. No, I mean, I hadn't heard that. No one has asked me that question. About the planes yeah, and all of that. No okay. one has asked me that question. And I okay. think that's really a very important question. On churches, obviously we're CBN, the 700 Club. Uh, you, you've seen the headlines, there are a lot of pastors, especially in California and other places, say, look, we're gonna hold indoor services. I know the folks in California, for example, want us to have an outdoor service, but they believe for whatever reasons, they wanna have it indoors. Um, what, what do you say to, to, to pastors that are having those services indoors, some, many of them actually without masks, but, but even some that do have masks? Uh, what, what's the message here? Churches are filled with people who are compassionate and passionate for each other. Let's show that compassion for each other and the humility to really say, now we know masks work. And so wearing a mask, staying six feet apart, sure you can sit as a family. 
but let's wear a mask to respect the other family, and let's wear a mask to protect that 83-year-old who's coming to church. Let's not make church only for the healthy. Let's ensure that everybody can be there, and in order for everybody to be there, we have to be in masks and socially distanced. Some uh, California officials say outdoor only, but you're saying, well, indoor with certain uh, requirements. Well, if the same officials are having meetings, because they have to, to really discuss what to do with the virus, um, if people are meeting and socially distancing in federal or state buildings, then you can bring that same safety to any American. But you need to really be rigid about wearing a mask and socially distancing. I don't want to get involved at all in politics, because you'll leave that to the politicians. But uh, from a health perspective, there will be a lot of people voting uh, in November. And I know they've talked a lot about mail-in balloting, but what about just going to the polls? I mean, is it safe to go to the polls? Well, I can tell you it has been safe for me to go to Starbucks and pick up my order. So if I can go into Starbucks, wait in my line, socially distance, and the reason I'm saying Starbucks, because we've asked every barista across this United States, are people wearing masks? Are people socially distancing? And it's very interesting because they'll say their regulars do, but sometimes there's visitors don't. So if you've traveled around the world and you are traveled around the United States and you haven't done those things, you may be positive. So really protect others when you come back from vacation. But I've been able to stand in line, wait for my order to be supplied, and been able to then pick it up. And I've now done multiple of these trips and I'm not positive. So I know there's a way, but you really do have to pay attention. And I know that's difficult to always be alert to what's going on because sometimes you're really tired. But we really need to pay attention to those simple common sense path forward to controlling this virus. And it runs right through wearing a mask, socially distancing, not gathering in crowds, even if it's your family. Okay, so, but it, but it is safe to go to the polls. Well, certainly I have gone into Starbucks. Yeah. So if it's safe for me to go into Starbucks in the middle of Texas and Alabama and Mississippi that have very high case rates, then, you know, I, I can't say that it would be different waiting in line in the polls. How has this been for you personally? Uh, you know, I just, once again, keeping politics out of it, but you know, you're in that environment and there's going to be critics and there's going to be, you know, everybody left and right. And you just want to, you just want to do science. You want to be a doctor. You want to help people. Um, but how has this been for you personally to kind of deal with everything swirling around you? Well, like Dr. Fauci, I do get death threats and I get text messages that are horrific and I get stuff sent to my home where my daughters are that is shocking and their phones get shocking messages. I mean, it, all of that has been happening since March. I, I have been... I have worked for eight or nine different administrations. I've been here since, since um, Jimmy Carter, so that's super dating me. But I have found, in general, that throughout all of this, you just have to stay true to your own personal values. And so I've never been asked to cross that line. I believe when people look back that they'll find out that I personally never crossed that line. My data is to get the, my job is to get the best data together so that governors and mayors and certainly the president and vice president can get the best recommendations that I can make based on my, not only my multiple years of experience of integrating data and understanding it, but really understanding how people react in pandemics and how when you're dependent on changing human behavior, because that's what we're asking people to do. That's our prevention tool. 
changing personal behavior. We don't have a vaccine yet. We don't have a magic drug that people can take after they've been exposed. So all we can do is to really work every day to protect one another doing these common sense things. That's what we're going to have to do until we have a safe and effective vaccine. And there are people I can tell you, I just met with them today, working day and night to not only make sure those trials get done, but also to make sure that those vaccines are being made right now so that when the trials shown to be have an impact or being safe and efficacious so it really works, that the vaccine will be there to immunize people. But we need to do our part as Americans, and I think what we've been able to show across the South is that these things are working. And I know sometimes, as Americans, we love gadgets and gizmos, and I know this seems too, almost too common sense to work, but I can tell you it's working. Um, and we just need to all keep doing it until we have that. And so I will work tirelessly to make that happen. I, I'm very devoted to making sure that these cases go down, the hospitalizations go down, and critically, that people stop succumbing to this virus. Mm. Dr. Brooks, thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So glad to have Dr. Deborah Burks on the podcast today. I tell you what, we don't play around. We get newsmakers here on the Pod's Honest Truth, uh, and we enjoy every minute of it. I should explain, now you saw the audio, or you listened to the audio version there, because it's a, a podcast, uh, but on television, she was wearing a mask, I was not. Now, she had been traveling around the country, she had just been tested, but she said, look, I've been traveling around the country, I don't want to take a chance. I'm going to wear a mask. And I looked at her, the good doctor, and I said, hey, well, I mean, I have my mask right here. Should I put it on? She's like, no, 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 we're good. You're fine. You're more than six feet away, so it, it's fine. So there you go. So if you look at the visual, if you go to YouTube and you type, type in Dr. Deborah Burks, uh, David Brody, uh, of course, type in my name, uh, and you will see that she's wearing the mask and I'm not. But I just wanted to kind of clear all of that up. All right. Uh, time now to talk about the Republican and Democratic National Conventions. We're going to get to the Republicans in a moment, but let's start with the Democrats from last week. And rather than give you my analysis in real time here on the Pod's Honest Truth, I'm going to play you a clip of three and a half minutes regarding my analysis when I was on CBN News at the end of convention week, at the end of the Democratic National Convention week. I think this will kind of sum up the views of uh, what Democrats did or did not do that week to accomplish your goal of winning back the White House. So I guess I'm going to introduce myself. So let me just say it like this. I'm here. I am 
Joining me now to talk about all things politics is my man, CBN chief political analyst David Brody. So, David, uh, what did you think of uh, Mr. Biden's acceptance speech? What was the main message behind it? Well, George, look, uh, it was an A+. Plus. I mean, he did great. I, look, he, he read a speech off prompter. Let's give, let's, give him a, let's give him a clap for it. Uh, you know, he, he's kind of become prompter, Joe. The question is, he hasn't been great at being ad-lib, Joe, and the debates are coming up, George, and so we're going to wait to see how that goes because that is going to be a cage match between him and President Trump, uh, and there won't be a prompter in the ring. Uh, but look, I thought he did really well. I thought it was passionate. I thought he connected, especially on the COVID-19, with the COVID-19 families because he's gone through tragedy. They've gone through tragedy. I thought he hit all the right notes. Uh, but if you notice, it was very light on policy, and that's where the devil is in the details for the Democrats. In fact, to that very point, uh, David, uh, uh, Peggy Noonan, you know her very well. She wrote an opinion for The Wall Street Journal today, basically making that point that, uh, you know, the convention was marked by a sense of grievance, she says, but voters need to know what they are going to do. The whole, as you said, the, the details are in the, in the policy aspects, right? Well, that's right. And he's also talked about light versus darkness. And as it relates to policy and details, you know, he's first of all, he's trying to make the case that Trump represents darkness and everything he's talking about is darkness and Biden represents the light, if you will. Here's the problem. When it comes to policy, there's quite a bit of darkness, uh, according to the Trump administration, on the Biden-type policies, the far left in this country, everything from defund the police to late-term abortion to chaos and riots in the streets of Portland and Seattle and other places, and throwing Christopher Columbus into the harbor, etc., and Frederick Douglass, oh, by the way, too. Uh, and so... The, the case was going to be made as we move to the Republicans next week uh, that, look, if this is their version of light, you know, they don't want any part of it. Americans shouldn't want any part of that. And so I think that light versus darkness angle that Biden wants to concentrate on uh, might come back and backfire on. Yeah. Them. And the president made that very point today in uh, Arlington as well. Uh, David, you cover all aspects. Faith as well. Faith did take a front seat at the convention last night. Uh, talk about that quickly. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it was it was striking, George, to see so much faith talk. Remember, Hillary Clinton did none of this in 2016, and she only got 16 percent of the white evangelical vote. Joe Biden's campaign hoping to capitalize and get a percentage or two more. If they do that, they have a chance to win. Look, they need white Catholics. Let's just narrow it down. They need white Catholics in Rust Belt states of Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio. That's the ball game. If they can win there and take those states away from Trump, Trump's a one-term president, and Joe Biden's the next president of the United States. Yeah, That's we'll, simple, George. Real quickly, 30 seconds. Where, what are you expecting at next week's Republican National Convention? Well, it'll be uh, won't be as stale as the Democrats, and I don't say that in a negative way. I mean, it just was. It was virtual, but Donald Trump is going to go live, and it's going to be big, and there'll be a lot more, like I said, live elements to it, and, and definitely some surprises. So uh, get ready. I mean, you know, he is a showman, after all. He is the greatest showman, not you, Jackman, yeah. but he's the greatest showman, okay. and I think we're going to see a lot of that next yep. week. Well, I've always wanted to say this, so I'm going to say it now. That was David Brody here on the Pod's Honest Truth. Thanks, David, for joining us. You know, hard to get him, uh, but we got him this week, so we're, we're really thankful. Uh, all right, so now the Republican National Convention, uh, as we wrap up here on the Pod's Honest Truth, let's talk about this for a moment, what to expect. All right, here's let, let me just kind of boil all of this down for you. Flags, law and order, patriotism, God bless America, Trump's the best, 
Of course, we're going to have all of that. Uh, and Joe Biden is basically bonkers. And it's going to be about defunding the police and liberal policies. And, you know, uh, folks in the suburbs, you better run for the hills because if Joe Biden is in uh, control of the White House, then watch out. The suburbs are basically going to burn. I mean, there, there you go. There is the Republican National Convention done in 42 seconds. Thank you very much. No need to watch this week. No, you should watch. Um, and when you do watch, you're going to hear a lot about Portland and Seattle and the chaos and the rioting, something you didn't hear from Democrats last week. Now, let me just say this. Uh, I think there's a real opportunity here for Republicans and, quite frankly, a huge blind spot blind spot, a huge danger zone for Democrats. Democrats are trying to thread the needle. They're trying to appease those centrist Democrats, those center-left Democrats, at the same time try to, um, you know, make inroads with the, the woke, the, you know, the progressive left, the far left in the country, and they might not satisfy either, as we've talked about. And so what you've got here is you've got the Democrats who are basically, let's be honest, positioning themselves as the non-law and order party. Now, I know Joe Biden would never say it that way. Of course he wouldn't. He'd be stupid to say that it that way. But the truth of the matter is, is that they're ignoring folks literally destroying federal property in cities across the country. They just are. Uh, and so, I mean, that's the facts. I mean, that's not analysis. That's not opinion. That's just a fact. So, you know, do that at your own peril, because I can tell you this, that the, the four key states, and there are tons of battleground states, but those four key states in the Rust Belt, as I mentioned before, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio got to win. The Trump campaign must win those again, at least three of the four for sure. And if the Biden campaign loses all four, then they're done as well. So it's all about those Rust Belt, white, blue collar kind of culturally conservative uh, Catholic voters who would vote Democrat on some pocketbook issues, but don't like the way Democrats are positioning themselves on the culture because they've gone too far left. That is the ballgame, folks. Can Republicans make inroads uh, on those culturally conservative issues? That will be the key because folks typically don't vote with their brain. They vote with their heart. Uh, they vote on emotion. And that is the emotional trigger point for all of this. That, folks, is the Pod's Honest Truth. And until next time, America. Mm -hmm.